Yeah, Friday! Welcome to the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast. The future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. the podcast app you're listening on allows you to rate the show please leave a four star or five star rating any rating is greatly appreciated we are on episode 79 i think i got a packed show for you so we're gonna get right into this journey updates. Well, this week I didn't lose anything. I didn't gain anything either. So we got a zero. For the month of February, we are down a total of one pound. Total loss since January 2019 is 133.8 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to milestone 150 is 16.2. Pounds remaining to get to milestone 175 is 41.2. And the pounds remaining to get to milestone 200 is 66.2. I got to say, I can't, I mean, look, everybody loves a loss. So let's get that out of the way. If I gain, I can deal with it. I may get frustrated from time to time, but I can deal with it. But there's nothing that aggravates me more than staying the same. I really, it drives me crazy. You know, the amount of times a year I say the same, you can count on one hand. Because, I mean, my body weight fluctuates. There's really no staying the same here. I mean, it's just random here and there. I think a total last year was like three or four times. So thank God for that. But when you put in the work and you don't do anything, (laughs) it just, you know, there's plenty of people say, well, it's not a gain, right? Okay. Yeah, I get it. But at least I know how to deal with the gain. I know, okay, start looking out for this and that and whatever other things Is there any adjustments we need to make? I go into this analysis mode, right? And then when I have a a loss, you know, it's like a celebration. Yay, we got a loss. But staying the same, it's like you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything right. You did just in the middle. (laughs) That's what it feels like. That is what it feels like. We're going to try uh, an experiment. Okay, so you're listening to this on Friday. So on Saturday, which is my weigh-in day, Saturday would be the 26th of February, I am going to conduct an experiment. 
And we are going to hold this experiment. I think we're, we're going to hold the experiment for six weeks. We're going to call it six weeks. I was thinking about eight weeks. Four weeks doesn't seem long enough. Eight weeks seems too long. But we're going to definitely do it for six weeks. So on Saturday, the 26th, I am going to be retaking the survey. You know, the survey that gives you your Weight Watchers zero point plan or whatever personal points plan. I'm going to be retaking that. And on purpose, even though I'm not really, I'm going to be telling the survey that I am type 1 diabetic. Because in my experience of hearing other people, I I probably only heard a small select few that actually said that they are diabetic. But the one thing one of them said was, everything has points. I love it. It's so much easier to control. So the experiment is to see... So like the first week of the experiment, I'm making no changes except the survey. And the experiment is to just to see if I was diabetic and I tracked everything as I eat it every week because I tend to eat, well, I I do eat the same way every week. As tracked, at the end of each day, will I be right at my daily allotment? below my daily allotment or above my daily allotment. This is including the last week I mentioned, yeah, I may have to be getting rid of some fruits and stuff like that. This is including exactly eating five, six, seven fruits, whatever it is. We're not making any changes in that range yet. I want to see exactly how what I eat every week impacts the experiment just saying that I am diabetic to the survey and making no changes of what I eat. That is week one of the experiment. I don't know what week two of the experiment is going to be yet. It may stay the same. If I stay below every day, it may be small adjustments or it may have to be large adjustments. We'll see. We'll see what happens. What can we do? I also have an idea that I may have to, as much as I don't want to, (laughs) as much as I don't want to acknowledge this, I may have to cut down on coffee. (laughs) I I don't really, I don't really know yet. (laughs) You know what? This is a last resort. (laughs) Um, For many of you who know me and who have followed me for a while, I drink plenty of water every day. Anywhere between 160 and 200 ounces of water per day. Somewhere in between there. It varies. Now, I also drink plenty of coffee per day. It's probably 48 ounces of coffee if I'm being legitimate. Talking about 48 ounces of coffee per day. And I'm thinking about the idea of I may have to cut that in half. (laughs) 
And I'm not liking it, but I may have to. We'll see what happens. We'll go from there. There is also the very real possibility I'll be returning to work and not working from home. Coming soon. We'll see what happens with that. That'll take a big life adjustment. You know, you think about what it took to come home and the adjustments you had to make to come home. Now you come, you become accustomed to being at home. And like, especially for me, I benefited greatly. I mean, just travel time, the amount of time saved in the car going back and forth to work was it enabled me to have a workout regimen that it might cause some changes to have to be made to go back the other way. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to the Ranting Weight Watcher. If you would like to connect on social media, we would love to connect with you. On Facebook and Instagram, search for at the Ranting Weight Watcher. On Twitter, search for at the Ranting WW. On the Weight Watchers Connect app, search for at Ranting Weight Watcher. You can also email the show, say hello or share your story with us. Send your emails to therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. You can also call the show and leave a voicemail message that could be played on the air. Just call 505-652-7268. Again, that's 505-652-7268. We look forward to hearing from you. If this is your first time here, and you enjoyed the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. We are proud to announce that the Ranting Weight Watcher is now rated number 4 in Feedspot.com's Top 10 Weight Watchers Podcasts. Click the link in the show's description if you wish to see the full list. If the podcast app you are listening with allows you to rate the show, please leave a 4-star or 5-star rating, whatever is in your heart to leave. Any rating is greatly appreciated. And now, without further delay, here is the star of the show, Donato Russo. And that brings me to today's topic. When we had to deal with tough situations in our life, part of our, our, our behavior caused us to be in the situation we are in to need to lose weight because we chose to comfort ourselves in any given situation, whether it's stress-related, whether it's depression, you know, whatever the case may be. However we deal with our issues with our celebrations, with with literally every emotion. A lot of us have chosen food to be that comfort. So what happens when you decide you're going to live a healthy lifestyle and then that way of comforting yourself is no longer a possibility? Now, today, I'm recording this. It's Tuesday, the 22nd. Last night, now, I don't know if you remember, but a few episodes back, I mentioned a neighbor who he used to make me laugh because his method of losing weight or knowing when he needed to lose weight was if the pants get tight, you have to cut out the white. And what he meant by that is anything made with white flour. So if the pants get tight, you cut out the white. So anything with white flour as an ingredient, 
you would cut out of your diet and, you know, and that's all there is to it. That's that was his theory. That and every time in his life, his I mean, sure enough, his pants got tight. That was it. No pasta, no nothing. He would lose the way he wanted to lose, and then he'd go back to enjoying life. And and but he stayed a normal weight his entire life. He passed away yesterday. He was in his eighties. He wasn't well. I'm not gonna really get into the whole aspect of it, but his wife, so this is Bill and Barbara Mangini. And when I came in 2012, I moved to Florida. And I was living uh, on the beach in my, I was staying with my mother-in-law in her condo. And we were in the process of trying to find our own place. So when we moved here, it was for me when I got here. My wife got here like right before Halloween 2012. I got here a few days after. So if you remember in 2012 was Hurricane, I want to say it was Sandy. It was called Sandy. And Hurricane Sandy went right up the coast and hit the Northeast pretty hard. I was leaving for. Florida to drive down with a friend of mine and I had all these plans I was going to do all these stops for diners, drive-ins and dives. Okay. Keep in mind, this is before Weight Watchers, (laughs) but I had like all these diners, drive-ins and dives mapped out. We were going to make these stops. The, The hurricane messed everything up, but we made it here a little bit later than we expected to. Nevertheless, we did. So, when we decided it's time to go look for a place, we were approaching the holidays. It was December, okay? And I was in like a a depression. I had like a depression because Florida, Florida holidays are very different, Okay. There's no, I mean, there's nothing to put you in the holiday mood. December in Florida looks the same as July in Florida. It's only a temperature difference. They don't look any different from each other. And I think that because of that, people almost forget. Or there's there's a lack of, it's not as much of Christmas spirit here in Florida as there was where I came from. So I was in this depressed state. And we were looking for houses. And we pull in the neighborhood of where I live now. The townhouse community had probably six or seven houses all lit up for Christmas. And it was the first evidence of Christmas spirit I had seen since I moved here and it made me feel home. Anyway, we went to look at a place and we, we find out that the place we wanted to see was off the market now for some reason. So we went somewhere else However much time goes by, 
all I could remember about this little neighborhood or this little condo complex or townhouse complex was how many homes were lit up for Christmas. Anyway, I don't know how much time later goes by, and we find out that for whatever, for some reason, the place was put back on the market. So we come right away to look at it. And my first encounter with the Mangini family was with the sister-in-law. She saw me outside the place with my daughter, who at the time was three months old, Giovanna. And she's just starting to walk or whatever on her own. And this lady looks at us and you could see she's joking. She's got a big smile on her face, but she says, Oh, there goes the neighborhood. Another child (laughs) coming into the neighborhood. And so right away, you know, this is like, uh, you know, a welcome to the neighborhood kind of thing in her own special way. And shortly after that, we come to meet her sister, who is Barbara, and the the husband, who is Bill Mangini. And quickly, Barbara and Bill adopt me like their grandson. I have no family in Florida. But once we bought the place and we moved in, it was like... They treated us like they were we were their grandkids. Barbara, a few years ago, passed away. And Bill was never the same after that. You could tell that it was a, definitely a broken heart. And he just wanted to be with Barbara again. Well, yesterday he passed on. And him and Barbara are together again. They came at a time in my life where I had no support here. I had no family here. I had my wife's family. But I had none of my own. They treated me like their own. There were times where they needed my help because I am very technologically inclined. So they would call me over. And I'd fix it and refuse to be paid. And then they would get so angry with me because I was refusing money. (laughs) And so one day I walk home and I I put my hand in my pocket to, to do something. And I found a piece of paper. I'm like, what the heck is this? And I see there's a check made out to me for $50. And I'm like, oh, my God. But (laughs) I don't even know to this day. I don't even know how they snuck it in my pocket. But they did. And I, I confronted them about it. And, and she acted like she knew nothing about it. And it wasn't her that put it in my pocket. <laughs> but anyway, they passed on and they are now together again in heaven. It, it, and it makes me think, when you're, when you're given situations like this, we go through life having like everybody listening to me used food to comfort themselves in some way, shape or form. Whether you use food when you were angry or sad or 
nervous or happy. It doesn't matter. It's an emotion that you use food to comfort. That's the point I'm getting at. So really what happens when you decide to live a healthy lifestyle, whatever the healthy, whatever the way you do it, keto, intermittent fasting, weight watchers, weight loss surgery, whatever it is. When it comes down to it and you've made this choice, what happens when your way to comfort yourself is no longer there? We'll talk about that after the break. Hello, I'm Donato Russo, and I am the Ranting Weight Watcher. I wrote an affirmation. It's called the Ranter's Creed. I dedicate that affirmation to all of you who are watching. Nothing can stand in your way because you are an unstoppable force. Your challenges crumble in your presence because you are so strong. Your insecurities no longer have power over your life because you are so confident. Your mistakes are your choices and you are okay with this because you are so intelligent. The mirror and the scale no longer haunt you because you are so beautiful. You can face any circumstance with unwavering support because you are so loved. The demons of your past can no longer torment you because you love yourself. All things are possible as long as you believe because God is on your side. You will achieve all of your goals, not if, but when, because you have no boundaries. You are the champion of your story because you do whatever it takes to win. No one can take what you've done away from you because you are the author and the hero of your story. Arise, champion. The victory is yours. Because you are enough.
we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So basically, when we decide to finally give up what has hindered us so long and to fight for a new life, it is then in these moments when you realize they weren't just ways to comfort yourself. When you use food, whatever whatever the case may be, use food, you use drugs, you use uh, cigarettes, alcohol, sex. There, there are a million different ways, right? So and it's not until you give these things up that you realize that they really were an addiction with food specifically. I mean, I'm sure it's the same way with any other addiction. If you decide to give up something you're technically addicted to, a lot of the behavior when you watch, like I I knew someone who got weight loss surgery right around the time that I did. Same exact situation. I'm not going to say any names. But this person got a different procedure than me. But nonetheless, it was the same idea. I watched as this person went from having a problem with food to having a problem with alcohol. She lost weight quickly. Became very popular very quickly. And quickly, her obsession turned to partying and drinking. The behavior, the addictive behavior that caused the first problem only changed to a different behavior. It did not go away. Another friend of mine, I have told the story before, In middle school, they used to make fun of us because we were about the same size. And back then, the pro wrestling, uh, you got the WWF at the time. Now it's called the WWE. But the WWF at the time had a tag team called the Natural Disasters. And the two wrestlers that made up the tag team were the Earthquake and the other one was Typhoon. The two of them would come to the ring. The theme music sounded like giants stomping their feet. So if me and this person ever were walking down the hall at the same time, the other students would start stomping their feet as if it was the theme song to the natural disasters. And in high school, we went to high school together after middle school. He made some drastic changes in his life. He lost a lot of weight very quickly. He became very popular very quickly. And in reality, he made a substitution of addiction. But he did it consciously. He did not 
like the first one, he did not grab on to the next thing in order to, uh, I mean, it subconsciously. Like, the first person grabbed on to alcohol inadvertently in her quest to have a good time. And he consciously made the decision that whenever he felt hungry, instead of eating food, he would smoke a cigarette. And he did that. And in no time, the weight fell off of him. And he looked great. And women responded. They, he was suddenly a center of tension and all this stuff. And he was living life and feeling good about himself. But it was an unhealthy exchange of behavior to go from eating to just smoking whenever he felt hungry. He traded one bad behavior for another. And that was consciously. And now take me for an, for the third example. We have, I have gastric bypass. I don't switch my behavior whatsoever. The only thing was what I was forced to switch was the amount of food. I got the kind of food never changed from what I was eating before, just how much of it I was I could eat because they changed the size of my stomach. And so regardless of how small the stomach is, if... I'm not changing my behavior and my behavior before was to eat a Big Mac. And all of a sudden, I'm just eating less, but it's still a Big Mac. Yes, I will lose weight. And I did. I lost a lot of weight, almost 200 pounds from 460 to 277 in a year. But I never changed. And so before you know it, it was like a quarter of the Big Mac and then all of a sudden it was a half of the Big Mac, three quarters of the Big Mac, and then the whole Big Mac. Before I joined Weight Watchers in 2019, I was pursuing the idea of a possible revision surgery that would basically put me back to square one as if day one post-op, just having weight loss surgery... To be that day one all over again. That's where it would have put me. And so I ended up not doing it because I analyzed myself and my actions. I, I saw myself for what I had done. I never changed the type of food. I didn't think to exercise, nor did I care to. The weight fell off. I I began to learn how to manipulate. So you could, someone with weight loss surgery could eat extremely slowly and manipulate so they can eat more of the food rather than ever feeling full. They just take longer to eat and they'll get almost the same amount of food down. Now, if you take me where I didn't change the choice on top of that and I was eating slowly 
eventually I was eating the entire amount, just less of it. I mean, because we're talking about drastically less. I went crazy at my biggest at Burger King and McDonald's. And all we did, so me and the two friends I mentioned in my life, all we did was trade, well, I didn't really trade anything. I just found a new way to have the same addiction. And the other two traded their addictions. One subconsciously, the other consciously. As much as we need healthy food, as much as we need to become active, we also need new healthy ways to deal with emotional issues if we are ever going to succeed at a healthy lifestyle. This is why they call it a healthy lifestyle. Because it's not just about what you eat. It's not just about exercise. It's about how you act and react. How you act in life and how you react to life. Because at some some point, life is going to punch you in the face. And how you react when life punches you in the face tells you a lot about where you are emotionally. I could say on this day, I am a lot more confident in how I handle life's stresses and life's tough situations. I deal with them very differently now than I ever did before. Because not once, even with the work stress I had been dealing with over the last couple of weeks, if you've been listening, and now with this the death of my neighbor, even with all of that, I never once thought that food would help my situation. And this is a huge change in my mindset. Huge. Because any other time in my life, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, this situation might be very different. If I was in a healthy lifestyle, I might use it as an excuse because there were times in my healthy lifestyles, any time other, any other time I attempted, there were times where I looked for the excuse to have what I wanted to eat. Looked for the excuse to relapse. If we're talking about addictions, we are talking about relapses too. So if binging would be a relapse of behavior, not a relapse like, oh, you know, but it's a relapse of behavior. Your behavior before your healthy lifestyle was to turn to food in a tough situation. You applied a healthy lifestyle, you fought some tough situations, but then there would, would be another tough situation that threw you over the edge. Or you've, you saw the tough situations as the excuse to go crazy and eat whatever you wanted. I've done both of these things. I am no different than anyone else. I sought out ways to have the excuse to tell everyone, oh, I just can't deal with this. So that when I, they saw me eating whatever the hell I wanted, 
they would know this is why. And I wouldn't have to explain. And it was such bullshit. Such bullshit. Because regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what's causing the stress, what's causing the grief, what's causing the anxiety, what's causing the anger, what's causing the happiness, the sadness, regardless, food only fixes one thing, starvation. So if all of those emotions are coming from starvation, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But if all of those emotions are coming from any other thing, food never fixed any of them. And that's the bottom line. I think the one thing we really need to realize most out of all of this is me telling you to find new ways to cope with what life comes at you with, with all the issues and all of the problems and all of the stresses that you have to deal with in your life, that you have to find a new way to cope, it simply is not going to work. I know it, and you know it. Because your current way to deal with life's issues, life's problems, life's stressed out moments, it's way too efficient, way too faithful, way too trustworthy, and way too comfortable. Way too perfect for you to ever think that you need to move on from it. Yet it is the one thing holding you back from what you wish to achieve. It is me maybe wasting my breath telling you all of this, but it doesn't matter. I'll say it with my last breath if I have to. You will never succeed. I will never succeed. We will never succeed until we see food for what it really is. Fuel for the body. It is not comfort. It is not joy. It is not happiness. It is not anything except fuel for the body. Everything else is a lie. Everything you've been told, everything you've ever felt about food is a lie. Food is simply fuel for the body. And until you grasp that, you will never find the success you wish to achieve. It is essential. You understand this, that you grasp this, that you hold on to every word coming out of my mouth. The success you wish to have cannot come until you realize this very thing is in your hands. Everything about food that isn't fuel is a lie. And until you grasp that, until you move on from it, You'll never get what you want. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.